Welcome to summer, guys, and welcome to Get Life Podcast Kunai. I am joined, as always, by Joe. Hello, Get a Life Podcast Kunai group people. I love you all. Please, please forget I that. <laughs> and we also have Kevin. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? See, Kevin goes with the standard sub guys. You, you can't go Joe's wrong just, with that. Joe just wants to be loved, you know. Joe has to be grand and, and fantastic. And, and what we're talking about today is also grand and fantastic. We're talking about Golden Time. Uh, just for you guys who don't know, Golden Time is a 24-episode anime television series based on the light novel series by Yu Yuko Takemiya. Sorry, I'm butchering these names. <laughs> Anime series is produced by JC Staff and directed by Chiaki Kon, with scripts by Fumihiko Shimo and character design by Shinya Hasegawa. And it aired between October 2013 and March 2014. So it was a two-core anime. Um, just before we kind of go into the disclaimer, this anime was written by the same person who wrote the light novel for Toradora, and it's done by the same animation studio, JC Staff, whom I love. Kevin? I honestly feel that like all like the past two minutes of you, you describing Golden Time can just be resumed by, you know, basically it's Toradora's Forgotten Little Brother. That's the impression that I get. That's Whoa. what people tell me, man. A lot of people say <laughs> that it's Toradora 2.0. Light. That's what some yeah. people say. So oh, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen Toradora, so I, I mean, that's, this is all, Golden Time is completely new to me. Yeah, but I'm sure a lot of our viewers will, will know what we're talking about. Well, Mitchie. Mitchie knows. Shout out to Mitchie. Yeah. But for those viewers who don't know what I'm talking about, for you new folks, Get A Life Podcast Kunai is a monthly anime discussion podcast under the Get A Life group. And due to the nature of the discussions we have here, we can't avoid spoilers of the show to be discussed. So for those shows that are based off of an existing piece of work, whether it's manga, light novel, or some other media form, we aren't covering the source material for those, just the show. It can be found on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, the Google Store, and Google Play. If you'd like to recommend a show for us to watch and make an episode of Kunai for, send us your suggestion on Twitter at Get a Life Podcast, or by leaving a review for your chance to win a three-month subscription to Crunchyroll Premium. If you want to watch this anime and keep up to date with what we watch for Kunai, you can support us by signing up for a 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium for everything anime by using the link www.crunchyroll.com kunai. You can also support us by checking out lootcrate.com kunai. And additionally, you can get 10% off if you apply kunai as a discount code on the checkout. Going back to golden time, right? Um, I want to get into you guys' first impressions, but I'll give you guys a little uh, taste of my first impressions. This wasn't, surprisingly enough, this wasn't a Daniil Senpai suggestion. So this you is the first know. sign of, of Bish breaking out and, you know, finding his own path in the anime world? Or? The funny thing is, yes, that was it was one of the first animes that I watched that wasn't a Daniil suggestion. And in fact, it was the first time I got involved in simulcast. So um, I watched this show simulcasted and... When I found out that it was written by the same person as Toradora and it was done by JC Staff, I was just having like. Hang basic. on, did you watch it before you knew it was a JC Staff and t- from the same author, or did you only realize that after you had already started? After I started. Okay, so, so it wasn't I, like I a hype watch. No, it, w- that it you wasn't started a hype because watch. Of the no, 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 no. I someone told me afterwards, and I was like, "No way, this is bullshit." And then I was like, "Shit!" I only knew like. 
around episode episode four because then I saw it in the um, intro, right? Because you know how in the intros they have the logos. I was like, oh shit, this is JC stuff. And then looked into it and I was like, oh okay, this is written by the same person as Toradora. Um, but when I watched it the first time, I was kind of I was in a in a certain mindset, right? So I I felt like I was depressed. I'll be honest with you. I was depressed when I was watching this anime the first time. And I was thinking, okay, I, I was getting more into anime and it was kind of this like lifeline for me. So I was watching it and I kind of felt towards certain characters in a certain way, which I will talk about in characters. And then re-watching it, I felt completely different. It flipped in such a way. And I would say that's because my circumstances has changed when re-watching this anime. And I think it's, for me, it's an anime where depending on how you feel when you watch the anime, it will affect you differently. Do you see what I mean? Like, um, if you go in with a certain mindset, you will enjoy it more compared to a different mindset, right? So originally, I was I was going through a similar sort of thing in terms of rejection. So I kind of related to a lot of the characters who were, you know, were part of the Broken Heart Club, right? Other characters like that. So I don't know. I think watching it, looking back and watching it, I've kind of... Um, I feel that I, I was watching originally when I was watching Golden Time... I feel that I was wearing like rose-tinted glasses, right? Do, do you see what I mean? Like everything was rosy, everything was peachy, and my opinion had changed. Um, so for the worse? Yeah. Or yeah. Okay. It oh changed negatively because of rewatching it, and my opinions on certain characters had changed. Well, as negatively well. in a way like where like the degrade in quality, or is it like negative in a way where you felt worse? I mean. It's changed because my mindset has changed. So I feel that it's changed in such a way where I have a more outlook on life. And I can okay. think, look, the characters that I sympathize with, um, now I, I feel that, okay, they were wrong for doing that or whatever. And I thought before, oh, man, I want these two characters to get together or whatever. Rewatching it, your opinions on characters change. Your opinions, like, for example... This time around, I was heavily focused on the music. I didn't really care about the music before when I was originally watching it. But rewatching for Kunai, I've, I tend to pick up other things. Like I picked up on the music. I, I heavily, you know, jumped mm. in to characters, etc. Especially characters that weren't the two main characters. So that's I what see. I feel in terms of my first impressions. There's not much. But I wanted to know what you guys thought. Um, and I think we should start with Joe. So you, I, you've never... Stop talking about the show to me. I'm just gonna put that right now. You always, you're always, every opportunity you got, Joe, you should totally watch Golden Time because it's so good. I love it. And like pretty much every other show that's recommended, like, you know what? It was recommended, and so, like, I'm gonna have to watch it anyway, so I decided to give it a watch. And then I listened, I, like, I'm watching the first couple episodes, and, uh, well, I mean, to start off, I like the whole, I like the new scenario. I liked how, like, it wasn't, like, a typical high school. It was just, it was these. It wasn't a high school at all, was it? It was a university. Yeah, it's a university, which is uh, like a, a change of pace from a lot of shows that I've seen. Like they usually like use a high school setting or middle school setting, and then you just have it's it's it kind of changes the way like a story goes because like university students are a lot more closer to adulthood, so they have a lot more responsibilities. They have a lot more to take care of. And so, like, when I was watching it, it, like, when I was watching it for the first time, it felt like a breath of fresh air. Because, like, as a college student myself, it just kind of, it felt like I was right at home. 
and like I could kind of relate to a lot of these characters. Okay, so you found that the university setting was a plus rather it was a good change of pace rather than the bad one, right? Yes, ex exactly. And I mean, like the beginning, as, as far as like the story is concerned, however, like I, it it wasn't stuff that like blew me away initially. Like honestly, it didn't really pick up until like episode three, I believe, when he starts when um, Bonnetty starts uh, mentioning that he lost his memories because of an accident. Because like initially, I'm just really confused because like those they showed like little scenes of like like little flashbacks of when he was like when he got caught up in the accident and was hit by the bike, but they didn't really start talking about it un until like a couple episodes later. So like it's like I feel like that's when the show kind of picked up for me. Like before that, it was kind of like you know this is enjoyable, but it's not like anything special. And I feel like once they started going into the whole like amnesia scenario and like the relationship between between him and uh and coco like it, it i feel like it, like the story just got a little more interesting and like i it made me a lot more interested in each character you know i also heard a lot from bish right but i i know a lot of my friends they were they're also toradora fans right so Hell in yeah. talking about toradora they always mention gold and time as well right because uh they all they always tell me that it's, they're kind of like two sides of the same coin right they're similar not the same show but they're obviously being from the same author they're really similar right they're always like yo you should really give golden time a watch it's a nice different anime that you'll appreciate more now that you're especially since you're in university right you'll relate to the characters more and all that all right so that's something that i really appreciate as well because it made me think of my first day in university right which was only last year so um i appreciate the university setting because i find myself enjoying it more being able to connect to the characters and you know what they feel uh you know right so it's kind of similar to what i said where it's like you just kind of relate to them you sympathize with them and like it's just you know like how they're going to react because it's like it's like a college setting like you pretty much anything can happen <laughs> yeah exactly and you know as much as i love you know the typical you know high school and middle school setting the problem with that is that personally i feel a touch of nostalgia when I watch those shows. It's like, damn, you know, I'm past that point in my life. I mean, I'm not even that old, right? I can't believe I'm talking like this, but watching those shows, you're always like, damn, I wish I could go back to high school, you know, meet my old friends again, you know, be, be in those same classes, meet those profs again, and, you know, live the life again. So it's nice that, you know, um, Golden Time breaks from that, that, well-established mold for romance and where it's like oh you know they're always set in the same schools in the same cities right this is a breath of fresh air for me right uh other than that though i was really really impressed with the first episode i think that they did a really good job at introducing all the characters and i'm not gonna lie i think a lot of my hype going into the show was really driven by the t well, not the titular character, but the poster girl, let's not lie, it's Coco, right? And the reason for that is because she, the way that she acts initially, she's like this weird mixture of Senna and Yozara, right? So she's like this cliched, you know, the, the rich girl that falls for, you know, your, your protag, right? She's super beautiful and stuff, and I was like, yeah. Wow, she's she's got like the best parts of, of both, if you will, right? So I was kinda hooked on for that. But also I find that um there's they do a really good job at establishing the, the setting for Bandri and and his uh classmates, right? So you get to know all the characters. There's 
plenty of funny moments, right, that are well animated and stuff in the, the first episode, right? So, honestly, it reminded me a lot of Haganai, but if Haganai were in, set in university, and that was a good thing, right? I actually wrote in my notes, you know, like, this is basic ha basically Haganai if Yuzara wasn't a bitch, you know? And I was Whoa. like, this is my cup of tea, you know? Okay, okay. So I'm really excited to see what the rest of this show has to offer, right? So yeah, really solid first impression on my end. You were talking about nostalgia, and I'm presuming that's when you, you, you're referencing uh, high school animes, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I, and I didn't know how to say it before, but I kind of felt that way when I was rewatching, because I finished my university studies, at least my, my bachelor's degree, so I, I felt that kind of nostalgia within university. Like, it wasn't like oh, this is going to help me understand and um, relate to it. I just kind of felt a blast from the past. Question for you, actually, Bish. Did you watch, did you first watch Golden Time when you were also starting at university? Like, when in your university life did you watch um, this? Funnily enough, 2013 to 2014 is when I started my university. Oh, damn, okay. It was simulcasting between October 2013, that's when I started uni, and March 2014. So that's literally that's when I started university. So, damn. Yeah. So yeah, I think it, it was perfect timing on that one. So even now the rewatch, watching it after I finished my studies, like I've recently just finished the studies. So, you know, rewatching it after the finishing of the studies gives you a really weird nostalgia feeling. That's what I felt. Speaking of that, I really want to get into favorite moments and episodes, and for me. I'll tell you from now. Let me just let me just get out my notes because um, <laughs> I, I lost track of because I'm such an idiot because I write my notes not in order. Basically, my favorite episode of this whole anime was episode 20 and 21. So that's when Banri was they were doing the dance and then Banri starts screaming, Linda, ah! he starts screaming. And I was like, and I remember saying is you can really relate to someone screaming out that name, right? Dude, I <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I can. I feel you, I feel you. I'll, I'll be honest with you, right? Because I felt like that. There was times where I felt hopeless. Like, I understand it's because he has amnesia. He doesn't know where he is, right? But on another level, I felt like that. When I was in university, I didn't feel... I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel... Do you see what I mean? I felt that I had to be a different person to kind of socialize uh, with people. Okay. And, and I, I felt like I'm not being true to myself. And that's why I felt like... Oh, this isn't me. This isn't... Do you see what yeah. I mean? So when he felt like that, it, it, it was like kind of like me crying out to myself, like, who are you, Bish? Like, in, especially in the university times, that's when you, you try and you you feel like... You, yeah, you try to like discover yourself, right? Yeah, you discover yourself as a human being, what kind of person you will be for the future. So I had those moments, you know, especially... Obviously, I wasn't screaming out, Linda! But you can relate to it. Like, but I can relate to that because sometimes I felt inside that I was screaming. It's it's good that you mentioned something like that because it really connects to like the show Steam where it's kind of like you have your past like you have who you, like you're act who you're acting as and who you really are like metaphorically and literally like it's like it's like I feel like what you said like it just it, it really kind of helps define what the show is like really about. That is true, and I I also feel that um, another one of my favorite episodes is the episode straight after right episode twenty either twenty one or twenty two where. He finds, you know, they go and eat the beef. Yeah. Well, they go, they go to eat the beef, right? And then uh, he just forgets everything. And he's like, where's Linda? Where's Linda? And I was like, shit, man. Like, those moments were very intense for me personally. 
so the first time you freaked out, right? You can relate to them because you could. We can all relate to some level to that, you know, identity crisis we have going into university, right? Questioning who we are. But、mm. I'm curious to know why that moment in episode twenty-one、uh, or twenty-two when he freaks out at the end. Why do you feel attached to that moment? Is it because how well done it was, or is it personal connection? I'll go quite personal for this. There was actually a a friend of mine, who, you know, her name was right, <laughs> and it's it's pretty weird. And it's basically, I I have this connection to Bannery because I had a friend called. You were Bannery.、Yeah, Bish got hit by a motorcycle, <laughs> fell off the bridge in Japan, and lost his memories. And then after that, he started the Get a Life podcast. It all makes sense now. <laughs> it's his origin story. <laughs> I I understood what what Banru was going through because he left everything behind. Although it wasn't by choice, but I had to leave my friends behind. I had to leave behind. So like,、mm. for me, that got me even more because sometimes I was screaming. Well, not necessarily screaming, but I was crying out because I was like, I need my friend. I you know she was my best friend. So I was like, I need my best friend. Do you see what I mean? Especially、yeah. because Banru knew that Linda is the only one that can get him out. Yeah. Of the situation, she、did. was his he, anchor. She's reliable, right? Honestly, yes, exactly. She she was the anchor, so that's why on multiple occasions he's not crying out Coco, right? He's crying out Linda. No, but that that's the old binary, though. That's not the new binary that's crying out Linda. Yes, right, but that's the old binary、yeah. coming out of himself, is coming out of his shell, right? And I, I kind of related to that a lot because it's just like, man, there's moments where I feel that. Yeah, they, they weren't necessarily my favorite moments. Another one of my favorite moments is more of a comedic moment.、Uh-huh. It's got to do with you know my boyfriend. You know that that moment. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But not not the Coco version. The Banri version when he goes to Yana. Yo, that was so good. That that bit got me so hard because it, at, at the same time I can relate to that because it's happened to me before. <laughs> the best part about the best part about that scene was. Like what he was just cool with just it. Just the like, the suaveness about、Bonnery、it. What Bonnie was doing, and then、yeah. he just moved into it, like transitioned to it perfectly. He's like, yeah, dude, he's my he boyfriend. He was a smooth player, not a moment of hesitation in him. You know, he just knew what he was doing. It also helps that they were like the most bro like group in the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like they they were like the dynamic duo when it comes to just broness. Now I'm getting the impression that like this is the your autobiography, bitch, from what you're、this、telling、is. us. It's pretty much. <laughs> it is. It. It is, other than the fact that I don't get with the girl in the end, right? So, Ooh, but feels you know, bad, man. Hashtag get bitch slayed. Yeah, man. He- gotta bring、yeah. that back. But you know those, we we gotta bring it back. Those moments where you have Turikun and you have Yana and you have the group all together. That felt like my university life because I can look back at it and I'll say, wow. Like even my friends today, like we still hang out and we still like, but it's not friends from high school. Like I couldn't give a shit about them. Oh shit! Sorry, Daniel. <laughs> Sorry, Daniel. No,、uh, I'm joking. But <laughs> my friends from university—they're the ones that I've stuck with, and they're the ones that I, I I consider my true friends, right? So especially you know when those moments where you have Tudi Kun and you have Yana San, and it's like they're all together and they're eating or they're going you know partying or they're doing this and they're doing that. I was like, wow, man, this is just this is just me and my my buds. Like that's what how I felt. The boys. But this is something that I felt when rewatching, right? This wasn't necessarily something that I felt whilst originally watching. So I think now that's that's another thing, part of my favorite moments, the antics that they get up to, especially Tudikun.、Uh, hell yeah! <laughs> what about you, Kevin? I I want to know what your favorite moments. A lot of my favorite moments are towards the end, actually. Right, I, I think my highlight is towards the end. Before I get into that, though, I want to comment on the the comedic aspect of this show. Because I think one thing it does really well is it, in general, it balances drama, right, and it balances comedy 
really well, right? And I, I know I criticize a lot of other shows like Chunibyo Justly or Henako, right? Where uh, they try to balance these two very different genres and they do it incorrectly because, you know, they, they transition too abruptly. So there's this disconnect that's created between you and you and you know the show but i feel that it's done so well on this show that a lot of it feels plausible You're like you know that's a conversation that you know my friends and i could be having right speaking of things that you can relate to <laughs> there's that one scene right where boundary's cleaning up his room and there's this box of of magazines no way okay no no uh, kevin how can you relate to that i don't want to know you're a filthy pig what oh what are you a fucking angel bish do you want me to yes, check? Man. Do you want me to check your I've browser got my history? I've mouse pads in front of me. Yeah, go and check because I I use private browsing. You bitch. I think I know which one of us likes to like buy stuff from Faku every now and then. Nah, man. Jay, let's throw the work. <laughs> but yeah, no, that fucking scene got me. I was like, yo, every university guy can fucking relate to that. And if you can't, you're either like Amish or you're a goddamn liar. All right, let's be real. <laughs> the funny thing is, right? I don't think we can all we can relate to the box, but I don't think all of us can relate to the girlfriend. Yeah, looking oh, obviously, the we box. can relate to the the anxiety of you know of being caught red-handed, right? You know, like. That's true, yeah. That was a scene that gave me a good chuckle. But other than that, speaking of the, you know, the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Uh, another aspect of the show that the show gets really uh, well is the drama. And I think the ending, uh, well, I mean, I'll get to the ending in a bit, but episode 22, so near the ending, right? Oh my god, when Linda and Banri confront each other, right? And Linda finds out that Coco broke up with Banri. And she's like, you fucking idiot, you go after her, right? So... I don't know why it's just the the emotion of the voice actors and the that the characters just you know pop off of the screen right because you feel for both of them right you can see that Banri is completely he's like he's a shell of a man after that sudden you know dumping by Coco and uh, just seeing Linda I was expecting Linda to be like you know kind of you know happy that that they broke up right but no she she's got his back through and through right and I was just like god damn Linda you're like you're the best goddamn character right I kind of spoiled my my opinions but I was like god damn right we all need a character like that in our lives and it was just Again, the emotion, the tension, right? It just shows how strong the the bond is between these two, right? Um, and there are plenty... It, I mentioned this scene. There are plenty of scenes like that where they show the, the strong bond between the characters, right? Uh, such as the first episode, I think it's episode 6, right? Where we finally get some backstory on... Oh, guess who? On Linda, right? I was like, yes! We finally get to know about with her. The, with the flashback, right? It was a flashback, right? Where um, uh, Banri, you know, doesn't peep, but, he, you know, he overhears a conversation that Linda's having with her fans, right? And she's like, oh, I don't really think of, of Banri as my boyfriend, right? And he, he's hurt because of that, right? And the confrontation, again, between the two, it just... It's so emotional, right? It just... It gets to you, right? And I... Not just because the way it was done, but also because of the timing. Because I felt personally that although, you know, it makes sense that Coco gets a lot of exposition in the first bit of the anime, since she is, you know, she's the one who appears in the opening, the ending, you know, and everything. Right? She's one of, she's the main character, actually, right? She's the poster girl. She's the po yeah, she's the poster <laughs> girl, right? Uh, but personally, I, by that point, I was like, okay, we, we've seen nothing but Benri and Coco be together for like five episodes now. Can we s please get a change of pace, right? They've been teasing all, like, they've been teasing his, his relationship with Linda for a while now, right? So right. up until that point, I, I was craving, you know, a bit of backstory on her, right? And we finally got that in episode six. So I was really happy with that. No. But before I get into the ending, which is another highlight for me, I want to hear about Joe and what... 
Now, what your favorite moments in Golden Time are? I think my favorite my favorite moment actually came from episode 16, just wake up call. It's the episode where where Coco gets into an accident. The accident. And ah, okay. Yeah, a car accident when she ends up injuring uh, Oka. In the process she like Oh she yeah, so her. the aftermath of the the beach episode, right? Well, because, like at the start I didn't really expect it. It's like it just kind of came out of nowhere and for a time like I thought like while I was watching that scene, I thought like, "Oh my god, this show's about to take a very very dark turn." <laughs> Okay, the reason I say this is because, so, prior to that, we, okay, so we got a lot of cute moments between, between Bonnery and, and Coco, mm-hmm. but something I felt while watching all these episodes was that, like, they look very happy, but it's like, I feel like I'm still constantly reminded that a lot of it is them, like, trying to, like, bury everything and not trying to fix anything. What what issues did you notice? Like, what are you talking about in particular? I mean, it was. I'm not saying like it, it was an issue. I'm I'm saying like it's just kind of like a tone I noticed. It's like they everyone looks so happy. Like, and then Bonnery's like, you know, I'm gonna forget about the past. Like, like there's no reason to think about it anymore. And then like he spends like all these like all this time with Coco. What I'm saying is they look too happy. Mm. So you felt it was fake. Is that it? Yeah, I felt like a lot of. It, it felt like a front. Okay. Could you put a finger on like what? You know, is covering for? Personally, I can't really relate, right? So I'm curious to see, you know, what I your mean, perspective is. It was covering is. for the fact that, like, Bonri doesn't really want to, like, like kind of face his past and, like, recognize everything that happened before. Oh, okay, so it's not necessarily the entire cast. Well, yeah, but it's just kind of like, like, it's just with Bonri and Coco especially, like, I feel like there was some sort of, like, forced change. And then while I was watching, like, I, what, so just back to episode 16... Like, that was when we got, like, that was when, like, they both got into, like, this argument. Like, when Coco's in her room, Bonri was trying to, like, talk to her. And then, like, Coco goes on this huge rant about how, like, you know, like, you're trying to pretend the past never happens. Like, it's like, you're not trying to face anything. You're just a coward. Like, stuff like that. And it was, it's, I felt like it kind of broke the mold, so to speak. Okay. It's like it it kind of like destroyed the like Quonko facade that was like kind of that was implied throughout those episodes and then it got into like the core problem with these characters because they were like ha- enjoying themselves they were ha- like Bonnie and Coco were having they're enjoying themselves as well as like other characters but you could t- like it was easy to tell that like it wasn't like they weren't being honest with themselves. I see. They weren't like they were still like like they were still struggling with what they were dealing with and it just all felt very fake to me and then like i feel like what made episode 16 so great for me was that we got we finally saw how each character really felt we saw their true characters and we saw like it kind of brought to light some issues that should have been brought up earlier and i feel like afterwards like characters be- like certain characters began to grow and become a lot more likable and enjoyable so i feel like it's like the characters like developed very well throughout those episodes and then 16 was when they kind of drove it like drove it down like pro- cranked it up to 100 and made them just very very good characters for me all right hmm. i mean in a way i i enjoyed episode 16 as well not for the same like that entire the, the whole perspective that you brought to the table kind of flew over my head 
Um, because I did notice it for for Bonri, right? You know, him trying to run away. Yeah, it's from like his... a little weird to put in the words, mm-hmm. but like you kind of get what I'm saying, right? It's just like you, if you look back at those episodes and then consider the circumstances, it's like you kind of realize, you know what? Like they're trying to like suppress something inside them. Speaking of, you know, th- these moments, right? It's not a slice of life show, right? There is, there are these relationships, right, between the. Between Bandri and Coco, between you know old Bandri and Linda, right? They're constantly evolving, being tested, right? Even with the secondary characters, right? So I want to know what you guys think of the pacing, right, and the story for this show, because as we know, for longer twenty-four episode two core shows, it can dip really low, or you know there are always lulls, right? It's hard to get the pacing just right. So I just want to see what you guys think of the way that these relationships evolved, what the story was like, and from your point of view sure um personally for me i felt the story was very i don't know i felt i was cock teased a lot during this anime and i don't mean that in a sexual way i just mean like they kind of tease these relationships and then randomly they go on to irrelevant points like they go into irrelevant storylines they go into tangents basically that don't really lead anywhere yeah it's like it's like doing a gap tangent that's basically what it is and then they switch back and it's just like come on like i i would rather like but at the same time i also have this this issue with that the anime is going too quickly and it's not going as slow as i would have preferred for example in what areas um, did you think you move quickly though is the episode after the car crash so you you know that episode where coco you know after the car crash she she hides in her bedroom and she's refusing to talk to anyone right and that episode for me it had its resolution quite quickly i wanted to see more of that i wanted to see how it was resolved like okay cool they made ramen and they talked about it but i i would have felt in real life or at least in any other anime that argument would have lasted longer i wanted at least i would have wanted to see that happen over two episodes yeah i think a lot of the issues like again as is often the case it's just like they got a i imagine it was more fleshed out in a light novel but i think perhaps in this show they were just like fuck there are more important plot points coming up especially like the whole ending core right was its own self-contained thing that's true but at the same time i i don't i don't like how some plot elements are sped up in such a way and they're more important elements as opposed to the elements that were drawn out you know like the beach episode i understand the beach episode leads into uh you know the car accident and everything that happens afterwards but for example, I want to see more flashbacks. Well, when you mentioned flashbacks, what do you feel was lacking? And I found there were a lot of them. Crucially, there is this one scene, which is the culminating point of that flashback, where she's like, can I rely on you? And he's like, he doesn't respond. That is the crucial point of the flashback. If you remove the flashbacks, like, you would you, you would you feel like you would have understood Ban Ri? No, no, I don't. I think they're essential. Well, I feel like his, his, like, backstory, like, the flashbacks are what define the main story. So if you remove that, then you're kind of removing, like, most of the story. Yeah, it would be a completely different show, in my opinion, if you only got the perspective of Nubanri and you never knew what happened before, right? It would just be a regular, like, the amnesia thing would be kind of mostly thrown out of the window, right? It's because we get this perspective on his old life, right, that conflict with this new life that he's trying to build himself in university, that makes it a unique show, in my opinion. I kind of prefer old Bannery, right? I don't like new Bannery. So when when you see story arcs with old Bannery, you're like, fuck yeah! Like, do you see what I mean? I don't know. I like that. That's just personally my opinion. Okay. All right. It's actually nice that you mentioned that, bitch, because I what I liked about this show is that 
I feel like we can't. We were told like we're being told two different types of stories. Like one from old Bannery's perspective and one from new Bannery's perspective. Yeah. It's like sometimes old Bannery would chime in, and then we'd all, but we'd also see how he's like dealing with like his amnesia and all these memories like in the present. Yeah. So it, it, I just found it to be like it's very enlightening, very insightful, and it was. It's just I, I feel like you kind of had like two protagonists. Yeah. In one, which was yeah. wonderful. Well, one, I feel like it, it fleshed out his character a yeah, lot. I, one question I want to raise is that: mm-hmm. Do you feel that the whole and, and this is for everyone? Yeah. Do you feel that the whole amnesia plot device is overused? I, you kind of read my mind there because I was about to get into that, bitch. Thank you for asking that question because you're about to say it was cliche, isn't it? Is it overused? Is it cliche? Let's all agree. All right, let's not get ourselves. It is cliche, but in this show's defense, I find that it is well done. For the most part, well, I'll get into why I think it kind of staggers towards the end. But um, I think the one one of the central themes of the show, all right, that I related to, right, what I noticed was that uh, the amnesia, if anything, right, might make you go like, you know, what? I never had amnesia. I never fucking got hit by a you know a bike. I can't relate to any of this shit. But if you look at it from a different perspective, right, if you consider the fact that one of the central tenets of this show is this conflict between, you know your past and your present self, right? Because we all know that the transition from high school to university is huge for, it's, it's a life marking moment, right? Where, you know, you move, you, a lot of people move out of town, right? They're not with their families anymore. Like their friends all move away, away right? They're not in the, you, you gain a, a second life basically, right? And I think that's what the amnesia plot point is there for. It's to, um, you know, concretely illustrate this conflict between Bandari's past in high school, you know, his his love for Linda, his old friends, right? And him trying to establish, you know, to start anew, to establish a new life once he's, he's in university, right? So that's, you have to look at the story from a metaphorical point of view, right? You can't take everything at face value, right? So yes, is amnesia uh, a cliched plot device? Absolutely. But in this, I find that it, you know, there is this hidden beauty to it, right? It's not superficial. It's there for a, a good reason, right? It's not there to, to plug in some some pl- some holes in the plot, is what I'm saying, right? So I think it's well done, right? So that's why I, I would defend the use of the, the amnesia trope here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd say I pretty much agree for the most part. Like, amnesia can... It's very easy to screw up, like, a plot that involves amnesia. Oh, yeah. Like, you see a lot of, like, stories use that, and they, they're they typically very, like, bare bones. Not, I don't want to say typically. It's a very strong word. It's, like, they they can often be, they can often be, like, bare bones, like, not the greatest, like, plot, not the greatest ways to use that plot. But in in uh, Golden Times' case, I feel like they did it in a way that, that benefited the story in a number of positive ways. Like, it, like, it, it helped us... Like, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about having the two protagonists in one. Where, like, if we didn't have, like, the amnesia plot was handled in a way that allowed us to see, like, two different versions of the same character mm-hmm. have a big role throughout the story. And I feel like it, it was, they didn't just drop it. Like, it wasn't just, like, a side thing. Like, it was, like, the main point of it. And they went, they, they put a lot of thought into, like, writing that whole, like, amnesia scenario they and then when it, we got to like episode like to the later episodes when he starts regaining his memories like it was it was done well because it's like it's just something you don't see much in like those sort of plot like plot points 
Like, it's, it's like, normally, like, it'll just be as simple as, hey, like, I regained my memories. But in this case, it was him, his own memories conflicting with, like, his old memories conflicting with his, like, present memories. Isn't that kind of a cliche, too, And though? it caused him to, huh? Well, I mean... Because you do see it in, in, in other, like, mediums, like, or it's like, oh, no, it's the past self fighting, you know, the present self. I'm not saying that it's not well done. I'm just saying, like, I was under the impression that, you know, I was like, hey, I think I saw this before in some movie or, you know, in some book before. I mean, I, well, I mean, personally, I don't see it too much. Like, I don't see, I don't see it done, like, enough, so I don't think of it as something that's, like, that's, like, cliched. I just kind of felt like the, it's like he was trying to, like, stay true. Well, because it wasn't just, like, him, like, conflicting with, like, his past and present memories. It was him, like, kind of trying to stick with one set of memories and trying to, like, push back the other. But, like, you, you could also see that it was putting a strain on his mental state and it was causing him, and then in the end he ended up, like, forgetting, like, everything that happened uh, after the the bridge accident. Mm. Well, until, like, the ending, of course. Like, it, it's just, I, I just kind of like how they handled it. Like, it wasn't something that was, like, pushed to the side. And, like, because it's very easy to, like, make a, like, to introduce amnesia and then completely forget about it. Because it's, like, not terribly significant. Hmm. It, but they, like, they made it apparent throughout the entire show, which I felt was a plus. Oh, yeah, no, they, they didn't just forget it after the first, like, core, right? I... Yeah, and then, then, like, there wasn't the occasional, like, oh, I, rem I remembered something. Or, like, I finally regained everything. It was... It was something that they, they it was something that was present and relevant. You gotta give them credit because like they didn't just throw it in there. They like the entire show hinges on that on the protagonist having amnesia, right? And perhaps for you know sticking with her guns, right? And doing it pretty damn well in my opinion, right? Despite what you may think of it. You know, one last thing I wanna mention though is what you guys think about the pacing of the story because the story itself i think is is pretty solid right but for me um i found the first core man like again first episode was an extremely solid introduction to the show but i found that the rest of the time it was like after the third episode i was like man kaga and bandy um are sure spending a lot of time together right and i was like it was to the point where i was right. like i was having doubts about whether or not it would affect the secondary characters you guys know those shows right where they concentrate so much on the main characters, the secondary characters are kind of forgotten, right? They're, they become irrelevant by the end, right? So I was like, oh, let's hope that, I hope that this doesn't happen with the secondary characters and, you know, their ships and their dynamics, right? And, um, you know, I really enjoyed the whole, you know, gag between, you know, of Kaga obsessing over Mitsuo or, you know, Yana over the first few episodes, right? But I found that it was dragged on for way too long, right? Like, she is basically the incarnation of, you know, she's basically the, anime version of overly attached girlfriend right i was like ha 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 for the first time and for a few times it's funny right but after you drag it on for like four or five entire episodes where she stays the same obnoxious person it, it's just like okay we get it we get your point um she's not troubled but you know she's got some flaws right and we've got that point across you've got that point across stop shoving it into our face right it's gone to the point where She's the Sena of Golden Time. Yeah, she's just in your face. She's her attitude never changes. It just feels annoying. It's it got to the point where I felt like I kind of lost motivation to to watch the show because it didn't felt like it, it would change. I I thought that would you know it always just be Koko and Mitsuo fighting endlessly for the you know the first core is just infuriating, right? And like. Honestly, I feel that because she dominates, you know, the, the Kaga and Banri ship, right? The main ship of the show. 
dominates the first few episodes of the core of the first core so heavily that I feel that it can really make it or break it for some people, right? It's like if you can stand Coco, right, and you like her character, you'll you'll blast through it. You'll love it, right? But if you're like me and you're like, I don't know how I feel about her annoying attitude, right, and you kind of get irritated, it can just kill all the motivation that you have to watch the show because it seems to be concentrating on nothing but them, right? It's like why even have secondary characters, you know? That's what I found frustrating. I do want to add to that. It's kind of like Marmite, right? You either love it or you hate it. But at the same mm -hmm. time, I feel that the oversaturation of Coco makes that, you know, when, when you have character development for the secondary characters, you know, Linda, and then tertiary characters like Oka and whatever, it makes it all that much sweeter. Do you see what I mean? It's like, oh, man, this is like a gem hidden in a pile of shit. That's what it feels like to me. I'm maybe I'm over exaggerating. I right? can but see what you mean. That's how I feel by that. But going into the this the um, how do you say the pacing? I kind of disagree with you, Kevin, in a way because I felt that it was not necessarily in the fact that they they oversaturated the whole Coco and thing and Mitsuo and do you see that was fine. But that's that's not what I'm I'm talking about. What I'm talking about mainly is that the transition from and this is mainly an issue with. Either it's an issue with pacing or it's an issue with Coco as a character, right? Is that there's that transition from, oh, you know, I don't love Mitsuo anymore. I like Manry. Do you know what I mean? It's like the way that transition, like that never happens in real life. Well, okay. So it, it, it gave me a disconnect in a sense. So I was like, I see. Nah, this is not what happens. No. Right. And it, it happens multiple times within the anime, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like, uh, is that you feel staggered. It's a switch that doesn't really feel explained. Although, like, I can see where you're coming from. As I, I thought you were going to say the same thing as me, but I actually have to defend Coco there because the way I saw it, bitch, was that, like, she was after Mitsuo, like, her entire life, right? I mean, like, it was established that, you know, uh, they were childhood friends and they did everything together, right? So I took, you know, her approaching Banri as, you know, this coping mechanism, right? It was like, she's not, she doesn't have someone anymore, so she's looking for a new anchor, Right. But that's that's a rebound, yeah. right? Where Banri is effectively the yeah. rebound. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I think she's she confesses that later on. She's like, oh yeah, initially, you know, I was just there because. I think she was used, like he was used in a way, so that she would kind of be able to cope with the fact that the one she was trying to chase this whole time wouldn't accept her. For me, the the biggest issue I have. This kind of links into to ships, but. The biggest issue that I have is, oh my lord, the it's not the transition of, you know, of Coco giving up on Nitsuo and going for Banri that bothered me. It was fucking Banri. Where does the Banri and Coco ship start? How does it make sense? Because I, if I remember correctly, alright, tell me if I'm wrong. There's an episode, like episode 5, I think, where he's like, sh he gets tired of her shit and Banri straight up tells um, Coco, like, I don't want to be your friend anymore, and he gives her back the the fucking mirror, right? And that's uh, after that, you know, she chases him off, she steals the bike, right? And you know, shit progresses from there. Oh yeah, that was because she was the reason she uh, he decided like you know I don't want to spend time with you anymore was because if I remember correctly, uh, the, like Oka. Because she did, because the thing is, Coco at the time didn't really like Oka. Yeah, she's that much. being a complete. No, let's be real. She's being a complete bitch towards Oka for. Oh wait, no, 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 no. My bad. It was uh, that was my mistake. It was because like he could see that she still kind of had some like feelings. He for could see Mitsuo. that he was just a replacement, right? And he's she's just hanging with him because you know she's not with Mitsuo, right? But what annoyed me is like, how the fuck do you go from? I don't want to be your friend anymore to, oh my god, let's date within one fucking episode. What the fuck? <laughs> like, it it doesn't, or more specifically, I guess, it's like the power of boners, but like, 
regardless. <laughs> it doesn't make sense, right? It's like the guy just f- does a 180, right? From hating her, understandably, to suddenly like falling head over heels for her. It's like where does where did this happen? Right? Did I I can tell you something, Kevin, right? You you mentioned the power of boners and I actually think that's a that's a good point, right? Because No <laughs> Are you actually serious? Yes. Oh my god. Okay. Right. I actually want to hear what you say. Please support your yeah. point. Okay, the power of bonus is it's quite an interesting point, right? Because it comes up multiple times within the anime. Because we know that Banner is a guy, right? You know, he has sexual desires. And you see that w- as soon as he, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you remember the France idea, right? Where they're talking about the Eiffel Tower. He's he's talking about his dick. I'm not looking too much into it. Okay, you yeah, yeah, say yeah, that yeah I am, obviously. But he's, he's actually talking about his dick, right? He's talking about my Eiffel Tower, right? But... And there's multiple sexual tensions, right? And even then... Well, I mean, there was a point where she was just ready to, like... Yeah, that... Like, she was ready to screw, dude. He was he was ready to fuck. What I'm saying is that, you know when she said, Oh, he's not my friend anymore. He's my boyfriend. And then the dad was like, what? Do you know what I mean? When a guy hears that... And it's not for every guy. But, I mean, especially someone like Banry, who doesn't know what he's thinking, right? And he's, to me, new Banry is very childlike. Very innocent, right? So when he hears that, oh my god, this hot girl says she's my girlfriend. Of course, that, you know, the power of bonus is going to okay, you, you do bring up a good point, you know, like, I, I do feel that ba- the new Banri, right, since he's kind of, like, alone, right, he'll take what he can get, right? He'll, he'll, he'll try to establish, you know, a new group of friends, right? Even if, you know, it pisses off old Banri. But I still feel like, you know, the power of bonus, that's such a fucking shit, like reason it's for shit, a relationship but, but it, like it but is a is a reason that exists but it's so I'm not, I'm unsatisfying not shit is what i'm trying to say not for terminology but i mean i see your point bitch yeah. sort of no, like I, i'm not <laughs> saying that it doesn't happen in real life it does right but i'm just saying just because it is true to life does not make it good writing you know it does not make a good show necessarily just because it's realistic you know like it's just so underwhelming it's like Dad, how did you fall for mom? Oh, uh, you know, I couldn't control my my boner. Like, you know, like that's such a shit reason, right? It doesn't. My motives are complex. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. It, I just, <laughs> it it felt so unnatural and and like forced to me. It was like, oh shit. Okay, we've already spent six episodes of them not dating. I gotta find a way to get the two protagonists together, right? And it just happened. And it just the, the show just expects you to accept it it's like you know what they're together now deal with it doesn't matter you know that you know their prior experiences together don't lead up to this naturally but you know just accept that they are head over heels for each other now right and uh, i'm not gonna lie uh one of the reasons why i'm salty at this is because like the entire time right i was like screaming at the fucking screen i was like dude there's this other person, right, who's been looking after you for years, right, who has your back, and you're choosing, like, the person who's just hanging out around you just to, you know, get over her her friend dumping her, you know, that's acting like a complete bitch to all of your friends who's acting selfish and all that. Like, why, how is that a natural choice? It doesn't make sense, right? Because you don't, it would make more sense if Coco changed to be a better person and then, you know, have her, uh, have Bandy start dating her, but it's the opposite case in this show, right? It kind of goes back to what Bish was saying earlier about how, like, there are times where it's like 
like there are certain points that just kind of feel rushed. Mm-hmm. Like I because I noticed it too. Like Bishcon, like now that I just brought it up, I might as well give it my two cents on the matter. Uh, I felt like there were times where I mean I like the pacing of the show. Like as far as like the overall story pacing is concerned, like I I enjoyed it. But I feel like those small moments could have like lasted for a little longer because I feel like it just kind of felt very unnatural. It felt like stuff was kind of happening like too fast, and it's like I'm not trying to say like, it was supposed to be hi- like realistic, but I feel like it should have been a little closer to being realistic than like just kind of being as quick as like, hey, like I, I, like I went from have like little interest in you to I have all the interest in you. My my problem is not that you know it happened. My problem is that it just happened so quickly and so abruptly, and you're not given an explanation as is a viewer, right? It just doesn't there, there's no logical i mean if you want to like get into specifics there are like a lot of scenes that could have just like if we're talking about specifics here like the pacing for those specific scenes could have been better despite the overall plot being stretched out well but you know since we're already speaking of coco all right um i just want to know what you guys think of coco and the other characters right like what you you think of the way that they were fleshed out you know their designs and stuff right so we talked a lot about story already. I would like to move on to uh, the diverse cast that this show has. I enjoy certain characters more than others, as we all do, right? And yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if you're like, are, I yeah. like all the characters and I want them all in my I like harem. all the characters <laughs> like, in this anime. It's fucking amazing. But um, do you continue. No, but I, I, I find certain characters, yeah. although I don't necessarily Which like them. Which characters do you like more? That's, that's the important question here. There are some characters I like more than others, right? And I'm not going to deny that but there are some characters that i disliked which i really like their character design like for example poco i'm not a big fan of her but i really do like her her character design the fact that she's wearing a different outfit if you've noticed this she doesn't repeat an outfit right and there are characters that do repeat outfits you know mainly oka she wears the same fucking shit all the time same doesn't coco come from a rich family she does but i don't think but you know i find this happens a lot with with the protagonist as well like um even tana Banri, if you've noticed he wears a t-shirt and whatever but it's always it's always a different country on the t-shirt sometimes it's mexico what one time it's the state of texas right so he doesn't suffer from like uh naruto syndrome i never realized that that's 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 nice to touch your detail yeah there. it's a nice touch of detail and I, and I enjoy that i find like even even uh coco like man even the swimsuits like oh wow hey. wow i can see that hey. Bish was paying attention to uh, the plot. If we have to give the show anything, it has to be the designs. The designs. As, so as a designer so myself, wonderful. right? I, I enjoy design. Great design. Because you, yeah. you mentioned Coco, right? So I'm just out of curiosity. Yeah. Is she your favorite character design? She, In terms of character design, I, I would prefer Linda. Okay, but that's not even that's not even a fair comparison. Let's be real. Like other than Linda, right? Because you know there's no competition. But like other than that, <laughs> <laughs> the other characters have really nice characters. I really enjoy uh, the style and the fashion sense of Tudi Kun. I really he like ha- how I, he, he has a fashion sense. He has he has fashion sense. Like I'm like hell yeah, man. That guy knows how to dress. Same with Yana. Like oh yeah, Yana. Yana he like. That, that was like he's like walking fan service for the you know the... he is he's he's like free season two like that's what he is basically that's basically new and improved all new Nagisa like Nagisa grown you, you, you all know who uh, 2D couldn't remind me of who he reminded me of uh, Taka Joe from Charlotte Re- really 
Yes. Okay, he has the glasses. He mm-hmm. has, like, the bowl cut. Like, he... And he's just, like, your bro the whole time. Okay. Uh, you know who I <laughs> was going to so say good. that he reminds me of? And this is actually written in my notes. And forgive me for saying this, Kevin. I've Let me read it from my note. Um, I had it here. Let, sorry. I, I want to quote word for word. I enjoy 2D-kun. Mostly his comic relief. But I love his character design. It's classic and it feels nostalgic. Reminded me of Kevin. I don't know. Oh why. my god. Lol. Oh my no, that's reminded that's, me of I'm Kevin. shutting this down. I'm shutting this down now. Alright, no. I'm I'm Nagi I can't be Nagisa and goddamn 2D kun. Yeah, no. Well here's the here's the thing about 2D kun though. Like what was so great about him was that he wasn't just comic relief, like he also He's also very important to the story, and like he could, he he was serious when he needed to and wanted to. Just like Kevin. Oh my God. Just like Kevin. Oh, this is gonna be oh, a new fucking meme, isn't it? Uh, God damn it. This is every year that has to be a new meme. But no, I, I just don't know why. Maybe it's because you wear glasses as well, and I don't know if you said it once that you prefer two D girls. I I think you I did. I did not say that. That's. I think I'm gonna go through every kunai episode just to check whether or not you said. Sure, it. I'm. I'm I... confident that I did not say that, but yeah. Okay, pretty sure. Pretty sure you said that. In terms of character design, but going more so into um, favorite characters and least favorite characters, the juicy bits, right? I will tell you from now. I'll tell you my favorite characters and then go into least favorite because I find my least favorite characters a lot more striking and there's a lot more for me to say on it. In terms of my favorite characters, I, although she isn't my best girl, my favorite character in this whole anime is Nana. Oh my god, Nana's like, okay, I can I can see why. Yeah, and the, the reason that is is because, you know, she's not... I wouldn't say Sundere because she's not Sundere, right? But she- Because she's big titty goth waifu. Well, I, I guess we know who Joe's favorite character is now. No, I guess we know who Joe's best girl is. Big titty waifu. Bless. That's not what it is, Joe. <laughs> but the thing is, she's so, like, she has this very tough exterior. And then at the same time, she cares for for Banri almost as much as Linda. Yeah, does. honestly, she she's like, she's his guardian angel. Exactly. The guardian angel. I unironically love characters like that. Characters that like are like very gritty on the outside, but like you can see how they have like a heart of gold. You know what I mean? Like I'm glad you didn't mention Sunade because like she's not that right. Because if she, if I would be really pissed if they made her into that right. Because it's not like she's into Bandri, right? She's just she she's, she's tough, but like you know she's she's caring, right? But not not because she's into the person, just because, you know, she's a good person at heart, right? That's just who to she me, is. It feels like this older sister figure, like, I'm not sure what anime it was. You know, no, it wasn't that anime. I, I was getting confused with Hentai Prince and Chunibyo. You know the sister in Chunibyo? Yeah, yeah. She she reminds yes. me a lot of the sister, the older sister in Chunibyo, right? That she, she cares for Banri, you know, even if she does hit him or, you know, choke him <laughs> or whatever or, or, or that scene where she's hit just like slaps oh, wait, him in the face yeah yeah slaps him with the bread or 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 just slaps that that one where he slapped him so hard and you can she doesn't show that she cares for him unless it's necessary like for example taking him to hospital that's when i first saw it and i was like my man my man nana but i like i said i also enjoy 2d kun uh, linda senpai and you know i don't want to admit it but i'm uh, i'm not a fan of the main characters of this anime. So, Banri, but I'll split ban- Banri into... Old Banri and new Banri? Old Banri and new Banri, right? I really enjoy old Banri. 
I really do. I think I I have the suspicion that you're into old boundary because old boundary would choose Linda as well. Yes, he would choose Linda, but not just because of that. Because he he looks back at everything, especially ghost. We'll call it ghost boundary. He's not necessarily old boundary, but he's he's looking at how the new boundary is doing everything, and he's he's questioning everything, and he's he's uh, analyzing everything. He's like, no, you shouldn't do that, or you're doing this a bit weird, or whatever. Like he's analyzing everything, and I I enjoy that, right? Because I, sometimes I need that, and sometimes I do that in my own life, right? So I can relate to I, old I really hope a lot. I never have you as a backseat driver from what you're telling me. <laughs> no offense. What? If you're as nitpicky oh, you as goddamn Why? old Vanity, right? Oh man, I I think I am, but but that's just me. That's just my personality. I looked into that, and I was like, oh man, we, I feel quite similar to that. So yeah, I'm I'm a fan of old Boundary, not so much new Boundary because new Boundary, as you said before, Kevin, you mentioned it. You said he's a shell of a man, and that is true. He is a shell of a man. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you guys like it I said he was a shell of a man when after he got dumped, right? But at the same time, I find that there is some truth to that throughout the whole thing because he is a shell of a man. He's trying to find out who he is and he's trying to fill himself with, you know, with new friends, with new experiences. And I think that you, perhaps you didn't phrase it right, but I don't think it's not, it's not that he's trying to figure out who he is because he knows who old Danry is already. I think the, the issue here is that he's trying to separate himself from that he doesn't just want to go he wants to assert himself as his own person right because you know old and new boundary are different people right they're trying to start anew right and not let himself be defined by you know his old relationships and stuff right as much as you can disagree with that right i think it just goes it goes back to you know what a lot of people do in university right they some people they distance themselves from their old friends and stuff right and they try to they try to start a new life well, yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. And, and to some point, maybe I did phrase it incorrectly. Um, another thing that I want to mention, talking about New Boundary, right? What I don't like, who, uh, who else I don't like is Coco. Least favorite character in the whole anime. And of all of the characters, she is my least favorite. And uh, I'll, I'll I, I can that. hear William like, ready to fucking like, give you a good like, fucking whipping. Are we talking about William or are we talking about Mitchie? Because I feel that like Minchie's going to crucify me. I think both of them, from what I know, I think both of them are going to crucify you. I, but I, I got your back to a certain extent, don't worry. Okay, cool. So she's very possessive and she's needy. Uh, even with Yana at the start of the anime, and it, it just, it's off-putting, right? The amount of, like, I, and this is something I wrote in my notes. Can't, like, no amount of her cuteness can cover the multitudes of sins that she's doing. And I don't mean sins in, ten, in terms of wrongdoings. I mean sins with her character like there's something wrong like i would not want to be a fan with her right she's a complete no, bitch at the beginning not. she's she she, she uses bandri she uses him right and she acts like a bitch to everyone else there's a lot of things that kind of remind me of this mixture between senna and yozra she is the perfect combination of the two. Oh my god we're back to we're back to Hagenai, <laughs> and i think it's it's a relevant it, point it's, it's right? very because... relevant because i thought the same thing right like as time went on honestly bitch i saw less and less of senna in it like She's similar to Senna as in, like, she's in the same archetype, right? She's rich, you know, beautiful, and then she's popular and all that, right? But, like, I, I do, if you hate Coco so much, right, and you saw this clear as day, I really don't know how, like, you can excuse Yosara. Yosara was, like, arguably worse because at least you see Coco get better, right? She improves at least. And the funny thing is, Kevin, within Hagenai Season 2, I did rectify and I did. Did you? Did Address you? Because sometimes did, you're still that. like, oh yeah, man, haha, you said of this girl, right? So I don't know no, about that. No, no, I, I will say this on this episode. Uh, what I meant in Hagen season two, I meant it. All right, all right. Yeah, this better fucking, this better stay on the episode when you're done editing. This is 
This is for the record, right? Because if you try to say otherwise, I will refer to this exact episode and I'll call you out on your bullshit, okay? Okay, call, call me out on it. But I want to get back into onto Coco. Maybe I'm too harsh on this, right? She's she's kind of obsessing. She's so obsessive. And it's like, simply put, that's kind of off-putting, right? You wouldn't want to be in any relationship where you're going with a girl or with a guy that is incredibly obsessive. It's a disorder, I think, right? Because she straight up stalks Mitsuo, right? And she... If this were to happen in real life, let's be really serious for a second. If this were to happen in real life, she would get a fucking restraining order. Or he would get a restraining order against her. Right? She wouldn't be able to approach him. Right? I think it's more of an anime thing, honestly. No, but I don't necessarily <laughs> think it's just just an anime thing. I think it's also because of bannering, right? Because he's willing to have new friends. He's willing to have new relationships with people. So I'm guessing in, in some sense he's, he's willing to take that on no matter how impulsive. Because even the dad, right? Even the dad warns him not for Coco to ruin his life, right? He did say that. So it's something that they acknowledge in the anime. It's something that they're aware of. So they know, they know about this, right? And I also think, right. and I've mentioned this down here, Coco feels like an afterthought, and I feel that she can be replaced with any other character. Oh, whoa, whoa. Okay, no, that, okay, I, I, have, to, I have to step in. I have to step in there. That is a big statement. That is, there is a very big statement, yeah. Um, I will, okay, look. I still really disliked Coco a lot in the beginning, but I, I do think you're being a bit too unreasonable here, all right? She does get a lot better. Uh, I think she it's like, gets a lot better, like 12 or 13, I'm right? saying I'm saying you can replace her with any other character, right? No, if Oka were the protagonist, it wouldn't be the same thing, right? Why is that? Because... I think her faults and the yeah. way she spoke, like the way she acted, that's something... Like, her faults in itself are things that are like irreplaceable. Yeah, because she's supposed to be... A, you know a flawed character in the beginning right to make her progression you know that, that's what makes her progression significant right she goes from being a complete bitch to someone who's actually decent right i'm not saying that i particularly enjoyed the way they handled her progression like i said you know they dragged on her annoying bitch phase way too long in the beginning and then you know she suddenly changes without explanation whereas you know i i feel that would have been better if they started dating after she changes and stuff but to say that you know she like nothing would change if she were gone i think is is rather absurd honestly right as much as you may not like her right she's still central maybe it is absurd maybe it is absurd uh, you know what i think it might be the fact that i just hate her but it's because the anime makes me want to hate her right it, it, it's easy to fall into to just hate her after what happens in the first core but you know you you can't completely ignore, you know, the the progress that she makes in the second quarter. Right? No, I can't. I can't ignore the progress that she's made. But at the same time, I feel that she's a bitch. Yeah, she's still a bitch. Honestly, like, that, for example, wait, wait. I want to go back to Haganai here because oh <laughs> it's going back to the point of Yozora, right? No matter how good Yozora is, it doesn't excuse the things that she did to Senna, right? No, it doesn't. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. So, in the same way, like, like what I said. No matter how much, how cute she is, how perfect she is on any sort of level, it doesn't excuse what she's done. That's personally what I have to feel. And I, I want to get off the topic of my least favorite characters. I want to also talk about Oka because I didn't talk about Oka. And I have a little bit about Oka to say, right? She did remind me a lot of, and I'm not sure if you know this, Kevin. She reminded me a lot of Sister Maria. But not because she looks like Sister Maria or she's a lolly like Sister Maria, but... She's kind of childish, right? Yeah, no, she. that's you know, that's apparent through her design. That's the point. I, I want to know your opinions, Kevin, specifically your opinions on Oka, right? Because I, you did raise up a good point. Yeah, I mean, before. for Oka, what I noted about her is that, like, 
I really like her design, right? She's really cute and stuff, right? And she does seem to be like a bit younger from her design, right? Uh, I don't know if you guys watched mm. Nichiju, but I didn't think of Sister Maria. I thought of the professor from Nichiju. Hakase? Haka yeah, Professor Hakase, right? My man. That's what I was thinking about, right? Because she's a really cutesy, she's got this cute design with her long hair and stuff, right? Even the way that she speaks, right? Yeah, even the, similar, even the way that she speaks, right? She's always like super cheerful and enthusiastic about the things she does, right? Since you asked me my opinion on her, like, I find that, unfortunately, like, a, a lot of the main, or sorry, a lot of the secondary or tertiary characters in this show, she doesn't do quite that much other than be, you know, the friend of the protagonist. You know, there's, a, there's not much that she does other than towards the end, right, where she... But she gave us the O camera. It's not It's not the O camera, it's O camera. Yeah, O camera. Well, you could say that the, the, the O camera is more important than than her honestly at certain points right Be no you got a point actually yeah it is yeah because at least the old camera is there for uh you know it's there to archive yeah it's an archive for his memories and stuff right and you know oka's nice and stuff but she doesn't do much and perhaps it's just because we don't get enough of a spotlight on her right we just the only time that she's present right really is when there are other main characters there on the scene, right? There are very few scenes where she's alone, right? I think that she was alone with Linda for like one scene, and that was heart. That that was a touching moment because you know she confessed to Linda, you know, her feelings for for Mitsuo and stuff, right? And they had a heart to heart. But there isn't enough of that in their show, right? And what I say about Oka, I think, can apply to a lot of the the secondary and tertiary characters like Mitsuo, right? Like I I felt that for the longest time. After being rejected by Oka, he never really progresses. Like, his entire development is basically uh, rejecting Kaga, being rejected by uh, by Oka, and then, you know, having a crush on Linda. That's his entire development. Other than that, he doesn't really do much other than, you know, be, you know, a friend to the protagonist. That's He feels like a filler in a sort of way, you know? He's not that bad. He's not, you know, completely bland. It's just poor guy doesn't get enough screen time like Oka and like Tudikun, right? Tudikun's like a fucking meme, right? He does important things in the plot, sure, but like we He's basically you. God, you, you <laughs> shit your whore mouth. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I think I have to we talked about Coco already, right? And we talked about Mitsuo and Banri and Oka, right? I think that we got to talk about Linda because we, we always say, we always mention her, right? But I think that we, we have to get to her, right? And I think that this is a, a, a good time to say that, you know, I think she's my favorite character in the show, right? Because yours is Nana, right? For me, it's Linda because for much of the same reason, actually, because she's just, you can't really find a, a flaw in her personality, right? Through and through, she is always there for Bandri, right? She's always looking out for him emotionally, physically, like she's always there for him, right? Whether it's, you know, at the club, uh, when they're hanging out, uh, you know, or in his relationship with Coco, or whether it's during, you know, his old days in high school, she's always there for him, right? So you, and her, on top of that, her character design is like really well done, right? So I can't, f she's just a really well done and very sympathetic character in my opinion. And that's why I think that, you know, she she's so appealing as a character. What do you guys think about her? Um, you were talking about the flaws. 
And it's true, Linda doesn't have many flaws, but I think the flaws that she does have are covered with just good uh, character development, right? Yeah. So, because we see her grow, right? Um, especially, you know, when she was young, she was quite naive, especially with her brother, and then she kind of grew out of that, you know, because of the help of Banri. And then, um, not only that, I find that there is also another thing that I want to mention about Linda, is that I find that she doesn't, she, she kind of steps aside, you know, she leaves her, her feelings to the side. Exactly. She doesn't let it get in the way, right? She doesn't. And I think that's not necessarily a good... But not... In terms of the anime, whatever. No, I'm just talking in terms of a human being, right? Like, she doesn't reveal her feelings. Do you see what I mean? I, I still feel that she has this connection with Manry And that she still probably loves him, right? She does. She does. But she doesn't at any point just be like, I love you, Manry. Until the end, at least, for, for old Manry. But, like, I mean... I think that, that yeah. if anything, that adds to her, right? Because if anything, you would expect someone in her position to be like, oh, no, you know, Banri, he doesn't even remember all the things I've done for him all the time he spent together, and now he's with this new girl and stuff, right? And he's trying to forget his past and all that. He's, he's trying to forget me. Like, you'd expect her to be, like, a bitch, right? But she she doesn't let that get in the way, right? She Yeah, she's, she's humble, and, and no matter what happens, you know, she's there. You can rely on her to be there for him, you know. Well, that's what I like about her. But it's it's also the fact that as a character, you know, as a as a person, I'm not even talking about anime or whatever. Like as a person, I just want to see her have something good, right? I want to see her live a fulfilling life. I want to see her getting rewarded for what she's done. Do you see what I mean? That's kind of what annoyed me about the ending. But I will get we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. We'll get into yeah. that. How about you, Joe? What do you think about the characters? And who's your favorite or least favorite? You guys kind of already predicted it, right? My favorite character is actually Nana. Is like, I actually like unironically like like her character? Yeah, no, like I, I think that she's similar to to Linda, right? They're they're kind of two peas in a, in a pod in a way that they they're both bros, right? They're there to. Yeah, they have yeah. like a dynamic well, that's together. That's why they're friends, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, but I mean, it wasn't just her character, just her relevance to the story. Like, I feel like she had a role in the story that I didn't expect. Like, she seemed like a side character that was there for comic relief, but like when they fleshed her out and like made her more, like, and then like revealed more of her character and like showed more interactions with her and like the main characters and secondary characters, I felt like she kind of defined herself as something more than just like yeah, a secondary just, character. She's not just, you know, a, a trope, right? At the beginning, you know, she she was right. characterized by you know her her clothing style, right, being the goth and all that. But honestly, even though um, even though she was a tertiary character, I find that she outshines some of the secondary characters in terms of development. Like Tudikun, she outshines Mitsuo and Oka, in my opinion, right? Like, I mean, I would say that, yeah. Like, it's like she she just does a lot for Bonri and Linda, and I feel like she she had like a big role in the whole like old Bonri story. Like, she kind of it's like she kind of helped flesh out that like what happened in Bonri's past like why she's good friends with Linda and like all these different things I feel like kind of gave a little more insight on the, the characters backstories basically it's the it's the power of boner speaking right now ladies and gentlemen right before your eyes no but like seriously though like on a more serious note yeah it was like she was just wonderful i, I loved her roles like I, I i'm just glad that she wasn't just a throwaway character like i'm glad she wasn't just like it's like hey like she's just like punk rock uh a character that has a band and occasionally appears and is there for comic relief mm. or just to be angry 
Like, she kind of has some substance, which I feel like is needed with characters like that. But, like, so while we're talking about secondary characters, I kind of actually, that brings me to my least favorite character, which was Mitsuo. Hmm. And at the beginning, like, I did, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed his introduction. He's very funny at the beginning in the first episode. I was like, yo, he's gonna, he's gonna be the broske of, of this show, right? Yeah, he's gonna be, like, like, Bonnie's bro, like, like, the bro's bro. ended up being, like, uh, Turikun that took up the mantle instead of him, right? Yeah, he felt, yeah, he felt very tropey. I mean, of course, I mean, I don't want to say, like, that was his, like, whole character, but, like, when, like, when... Coco went into it, he kind of showed like these tropes that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like what one particular made you dislike him? As soon as Coco came and I saw Mitsuo's like reactions, like you could tell like, oh, like initially that was, I was like, oh, it's good. he's going to be the character that like always gets angry when, Co- when Coco's around and will try his best to get away from her. So stuff like that just makes characters very predictable and I don't like that. Admittedly, he, yeah, he's not the most original character, right? I mean, I can relate to him, you know, like we all have crushes, right? We all get rejected. We, well, I, most of us have gone rejected once or twice before, right? So like it, it's something that the viewership can relate to but i think that he's he's defined by that right he's defined by his rejection of kaga of his rejection by uh oka and stuff he never seems to be anything beyond that i think is the issue there he's not necessarily a bad character by any means but he's not exactly a good character either he's just kind of like the same he's just he's more or less the same throughout the show like he'll have a bit of development him trying to like have relationships with the other girls was at least intriguing but generally i i wish they could have fleshed out his character character more like i feel like i didn't like he wasn't there was not much to him by the end of the show but since you mentioned ships i actually want to see what you guys think of the relationships between uh the characters in this show like you know which ones you think worked out the best what's your favorite which ones you guys think felt unnatural because for me i think that we can skip over banri and kaga because i think what we've talked uh in length about what we think of the relationship between the two protagonists right banri and linda yes my man that's my otp well not your OTP or is? No, no, that is Okay, my OTP. I thought we were going to have a problem there. Okay. I was a bit upset that he didn't get on with Linda. And and it, this goes back to the point. I prefer old Banry. Yeah. I just prefer old Banry. So I, I do want to say this because we said we're not going to talk about Banry and Kaga. But I, I did want to mention that they, they kind of share a lot of the same character traits. And they're kind of dependent on one another. And I, I do admit that. They're like, they are dependent on one another. And it's like... So they deserve each other. They, they kind of deserve each other. I understand that. And I'm not going to dispute that but I'm, I'm talking about new new boundary right but there's part of me that he w- i just want him to be with linda because not because of ban boundary doesn't deserve linda right i'm just saying that i think all deserves something good yeah linda was freaking like she 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 was like the mom of this show she just she like took care of she basically took care of boundary the whole time no she 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 did basically but i, I just feel that she deserves love right yeah that's just me. Well, but I'm not saying I, I find that I'm that shipping it. her with Banry because of that. No, I'm shipping her mainly because she deserves more. And she doesn't she doesn't get what she deserves. That's why I'm strong with this ship. You have to be realistic, right? Banry ends up with with uh Coco, right? If anything, I, I think that, you know, she got her closure, right? She was able to confess to old Banri, which I think we established old Banri is not coming back. So if anything, she's gotten the closure of being able to say goodbye to old Banri. Right, because that was what haunted her. Right, she didn't get a chance to say goodbye to Old Bond. He, he, he just left in a tragic accident. Right, and that that haunted her. An, a- an accident that was her. Fault that was her. As well. She blamed herself the entire time for that accident. Yeah. Right, so yeah. she got to. She, 
by the end, she gets to move on and, you know, she'll find someone else, right? Someone who's better than Danri, honestly. I hope so. I really do. I, I actually didn't think of it like that's a very good point to make. Actually, Joe, because that's my OTP. That's Bish's OTP. Is that, what is your OTP? I want to know. I mean, I'm, I, I was actually very serious when I said Bonri and Linda. Like, it was just, it, it just makes a lot of sense given the stories. It, it's hard to find an argument for something else, you know? Like, you can say the only other contender is like Banri and uh, Coco, but right? Like I said, Linda has so little flaws, right? In the way she acts. It, it's just hard to be like, I think that Coco is better. You know, like it's... It, it just seems like Bonri was happier around Linda than Coco. Like, it, it just felt... I mean, that's kind of what it felt like. It's like Coco, I'm, I... It, it was clear that like he loves Coco, but it's like when he's like with Linda, I feel like he was ha it was very natural. He was having a lot of fun just speaking with her, and like I feel like it just it just felt like the perfect like couple. I don't have anything against uh, Bandri and Coco later on, right? I was initially against it them getting because it felt unnatural, right? But then again, I just keep on thinking back like this doesn't make sense as a relationship, right? It it doesn't feel like a natural progression. Right, based off of what has happened to him, I, I feel it makes more sense for him to go towards Linda. That's my my issue, right? Not to shit on the other ship, but it's just it's hard to find any other OTP. Uh, but other than that, uh, there are some ships I want to talk about, which are the secondary ones, right? Like just very briefly, I don't want to have a huge debate over this, but I don't know what you guys thought about, you know, like Mitsuo having a crush on Linda, uh, Oka having a crush on Mitsuo. Like I personally felt that it takes away from the story because again just like the Bandri and Coco ship feeling unnatural it's just like where the fuck did why is Mitsuo suddenly into into Linda why is Oka suddenly into into Mitsuo right and Oka at least well Kevin it comes back to what I said before about me disliking uh well not disliking but like Mitsuo being my least favorite because it's like those like he had those like relationships like he tried to like he tried to have like intimate relationships with like Oka and Linda, but it's like it just I feel like if they didn't have those in the show, the show wouldn't have changed all that much. It just felt tacked on just to add a bit of drama. Honestly, that's what it felt like. It felt like you were watching an episode of like The Bachelor or something, you know? Like it's there for drama. Yeah, like not to mention that like besides from aside from those two, uh, aside from those two like ship potential ships quote-unquote there isn't much else you can really do like 2d kun didn't have too much of like like a, like an intimate relationship with anyone well i think that's the point of 2d kun right because he likes 2d girls <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> so that's the point that's true he's staying true yeah, to his word true to himself it's something interesting that you said, Kevin, about you felt kind of like it was kind of forced. Am I correct in saying that? The, especially Mitsuo yes, and Linda yes. and uh, Oka. The Oka one, I I will dispute you on that one. because I know what you're going to she say. Kind of, what, what, what am I going to say? Uh, say okay, here. You're going to say it is sudden because she explains later on that she was playing hard to get to tease Mitsuo because that's what she thought that he would want. Is that what you're going to say? That's, that's not what I'm going to say. Okay. What I'm going to say is that I, I kind of saw it this way, you know, when when she was rejected, basically, right? When he started to move on, like, especially when you lose someone, it's like, oh, shit, man, they started to move on. I want to get back on that. Do you see what I mean? You regret your choices. So when she sees... But that's not what uh, happened, Mitsuo though. ...going for... But that's what I felt like. Okay. All right. I'm not sure if she specifically addresses that, but... She does. It seems to be the case. Like, um, you know, as soon as someone goes after someone else, you want that person more than ever. When you when you know you can't have a particular thing, you want it more than ever. And it's the same with relationships. When you know you can't 
be with someone you want them even more and i feel that's that's what's going on in in oka's head okay well yeah yeah Okay, that that would make sense, right? And they do give an explanation for why it was so abrupt with with Oka, right? But it's like, come on, give us a few hints at least, right? And no, it maybe how for you know try to ask more questions about uh, about Mitsuo, right? Check up on him more often, right? Just, but the thing is, again, we concentrate so much on uh, Banri, Koko, and Linda. We kind of for the the secondary characters again, unfortunately, are just neglected you know that's the unfortunate thing here right i think that it's not that these characters are necessarily bad and that these relationships couldn't happen it's just that you don't have time to to relate to them right to to see why these crushes happen why these characters act the way they do right and that lack of explanation right from the part of the show makes it there's this, it causes this disconnect, right? Because you're like, this doesn't make sense. I don't see how, how this would happen, right? And sure, you could argue that crushes happen in real life, right? You know, the power of boners is, is a thing, right? You just crush on someone because you, you think they look nice. It makes your shitty writing once again. And just because it happens in real life doesn't mean that it would be in, intriguing in a plot. You're saying that, you know, the DXX Machina, right, is just the power of boners here. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, it's just cheap writing. It's just cheap writing, you know? Is what I'm trying to get at. You know, it's, it's quite interesting that you're talking about this cheap writing. And I don't know necessarily if, if it's down to J.C. Stuff's adaptation or more so, you know, the light novel itself. I haven't read this light novel. So um, I'm pretty interested to, to know what you would think when watching other J.C. Stuff anime, especially ones that are directed by these people. But anyway, going into it. Um, yeah, one, one thing I do want to bring up is the audio, right? Um, what what in particular? In terms of animation, uh, um, more so the opening and endings, and the OST of the anime. We, something that we never really talk about since Tempest, right? We we really did focus on it on Tempest, and I really had a connection with that. And it's something, and I'll tell you right now, it's something that I have downloaded, and I've been listening to. OST itself, although it has some problems, and I will get into that. But the OST kind of evoked a level of emotion. And I haven't felt that kind of level of emotion since Toradora. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys will agree with that. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. But, but you know, for some reason, I, I felt like I was in France when <laughs> I was listening to the openings and endings. It, it transports you into the scene, right? But I want to know, Bish, because uh, you, you, you know, when good music is present in a show or movie, right? You always associate with a scene, right? You can just think of the music and you'll instantly see the scene in your head. And I want to know for you, what what scenes did the music really stand out in? Okay, I'll tell you. The jazz scene was that scene when they flash back. And it was that scene where, you know, Linda basically says, Oh, you know, Bannery's not my boyfriend. You know, he's just an yeah, old the guy. Yeah, oh I my God, the piano. Him. The fucking piano. Oh my God. Not, 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 not even the piano. It was just, it was that jazz it was the jazz one. I think it's called um, Wakate Te Mo. Wait, you, like you found it? I could never find it, dude. I, I, I looked for it. I could never... Yo, send it to me. It's unreleased, right? So it's it's not even on the official soundtrack. Like Yeah, that's what I, I heard. Don't know how, so, I don't know how someone got it on YouTube, but someone's got it on YouTube. And it's just so amazing. It's, it's I'm, I'm a big fan of Japanese jazz. Like, I listen to a lot of... Um, I think her name is Kairi Kobayashi or something. But I can't remember her name. But... I, I, I like listening to Japanese jazz, especially saxophone. And then, I don't know, I feel like I'm really... When this track was playing, 
And it, maybe this wasn't meant for that, but I'll explain what I mean. Like, the track made me feel calm when it was playing. You know that jazz? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, right? But it, I understand the whole point of it. It was supposed to be a sad track or whatever, but it made me feel cool. It made me feel like... I'm not going to say sexy, but it was just <laughs> like... <coughs> Shit, man. I, I just choked on when I said that. But basically, <laughs> you, feel, you feel like you're in this other world, right? Mm-hmm. It, I don't yeah. know. You feel like so calm when you feel... I, personally that's what jazz makes me feel like and on another one that comes to mind is a track called crazy scenario Gurata scenario uh the one with the spanish guitar and the violin and the harp and the harmonica and they work so well and it makes me feel like some sense of dread or sadness and when i hear that track if i want to cry i listen to that track Hmm. you know so you like you think to yourself like i need my daily dose of tears time to play the music <laughs> these fries need some sodium you know like when when it's raining outside i listen to that track because it, it feels like i don't know it makes me feel like of a rainy day like i'm walking outside and and maybe that's because that's actually happened in the anime where that music is playing but i, I you know I'll, I'll be i'll be honest with you right the, the 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 number of tracks doesn't compare to tempest by any means right but i enjoy them and i enjoy listening to them yes it can't compare to tempest right but um tempest is a particular genre of show right where uh, you know the classical music is is appropriate, whereas this this is uh, it's kind of like a soap opera in an anime form, right? So you can't really have those same tracks and compare them one no, to one, not. right? So I, I think that they and, still and do good, of course, and, yeah. for the not genre. Not only that, I feel that this is something that you're going to bring up, Kevin. But mm-hmm. I noticed obviously because it is kind of this soap opera thing. These these uh, musics they they're not a one off thing. They become themes, right? So yeah. every time there's a dramatic yeah. moment, one will play. And I find that in this anime, it's a bit overdone. It is. And it is so overdone. After you mentioned overdone. it to me, I was thinking, shit. I've... And it feels so disjointed, right? I mean, as as much as I like the uh, the jazz portion of it, like the jazz portions of the OST, I will say it did kind of feel very... It felt very... Uh, like, everything else just kind of felt very samey. You know, that, that's the... I, I completely agree with you, Joe. Like, that's, that's the thing, right? Where it's like... Um, Okay, I'll just make this very brief, right? But for those of you who have played uh, Zero Time Dilemma, right? I feel like what they've done in this anime is that, like, the music is great, right? But the problem is that they kind of use the same track for the same, like, sad scenes and stuff over and over and over again to the point where, like, it ruins the originality. But there's something I want to mention, and I'm sorry for going back to Haganai, but a lot of these romances or romantic dramas or romantic comedies do this in anime it's a trope that happens throughout all of these kind of anime in this kind of particular genre with you know like Haganai and stuff right Haganai had like okay music didn't have great music right so i didn't mind there but this this show has really memorable music right i just find that for, for me personally like i said before great music in a show it, when you think of a particular piece you should immediately think of the scene that they put it in because it fits so well right here when i think of the piano song right i can't like Actually, I can't even remember what the song sounds like because it shows up in so many different scenes. I can remember the scenes, but I can't remember the piano music because it's just, it's, it was, yeah, but it, it's great, but it was just like, it was used in so many different scenes that it kind of becomes like white noise in my mind, you know? I kind of forget about it, unfortunately. What I want to get into is, is also the ending and openings, right? I'm not sure if you guys feel the same way with the ending and openings, but these were, were done by uh, Yui 
Hori, I think her name is. I'm not sure if you guys know who that is. That's the voice of... Um, she is a voice actress for Coco. Yeah. She's also in Toradora. She's the voice of Minarin in Toradora, if you guys know. She's also sung the opening and endings for Toradora. But that's besides the point. But I've, I want to talk about what's your favorite opening and endings. For me, and I'll say it, first OP was great. It's my favorite one of this anime. And it's not just the OP music. It's the way that they fit in with the op opening animations. That's one thing I want to talk about. Uh, I don't know, but I, I, I'll tell you something. It, I feel that the opening animation gave a lot away. It's kind of forcing you on certain characters. I get it. I don't want to talk more about it. Um, but I would have preferred to see more characters. You know, like Yana, Linda, you know, Oka. Do you see what I mean? Like, kind of like this... Would you say they had too much of a focus yeah, on Coco? I, I think and it's, it's like kind of, you know, battery? it's a sign, you know, it's kind of foreshadowing what, one, one of the issues with the, the show, in my opinion, right? Mm. Uh, but other than that, the, the, the song, right? Like, what do you think the of... The song was great. Okay. The song was great. The first OP was really nice. I actually preferred it to the other one. Uh, I didn't like the... Um, Don't say the, it. Um, the dubstep Don't. drop. Wah, wah, wah. Like, wait, wait, wait where? In, in the OP? What? In the opening, you know when they were like first one or the second one? In the first. Honestly, I don't. I I hate to break it to you, Bish. I don't. I don't remember either because I skipped over the first opening every time, like every time. For me, the second opening was the one I skipped because it was so much happening at once. It was like no, but at the end though, right? There's there's a very fast part. It's like it's like diarrhea, right? It felt like diarrhea. Yo, audio diarrhea. That's what the second opening was. How did that's what it was? Excuse me. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Can you please? That's a price. Can you please restate what you just said? You should make that the the background music for this episode, Bish. But <laughs> no, but I you you do it. You don't do it justice. I found that it was beautiful. Piano it was really like I I don't like the animation because it was too like they were literally holding hands and stuff. Right? It was too centric on on Kaga and, and Banri, but. The music itself, it was it was what nice and serene and slow at the beginning, and then it spe like it, it speeds up then, and you're hyped up for the episode, which is what you want. I, I don't like movie. Toad singing the song, right? Okay, okay, fine. I wasn't a fan fine. of it, but more so, I like the the uh, endings. I prefer the endings more than the Yo. beginnings. First, um, first ending, first ending. Holy shit! Yo, it was good. It was so I, good. You know, you know what I like? Um, I like Yui's voice when it comes to anime soundtracks, right? Because um, I was watching this on the train. And I was, this this second OP, the first ending was a bit awkward because it's like Coco, um, you know, like choosing what to wear. And it's just like looking at anime, naked, half naked anime girls on the train. People will think you're watching hentai. That's that's one thing. But that's not necessarily a fault with the animation. It's just, it's just your poor, to it. yeah, it's your poor taste of, you know. I'm sorry. I That's internet. internet yeah, exactly. Like the internet on the underground is great. So. Fuck you guys. Um, I don't know. I, I I liked it. It was kind of mediocre compared to the second ending. And I'll explain really? why, why okay. the second ending is my favorite. Is because the, the matching between the um, audio and visual components just m perfectly blend. And I'm not sure if you noticed this. The music, as soon as Coco is on, it's quite regal. You get that, you know, that weird thing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's like yeah. an organ or something. And then as soon as Bannery comes on, it plays the bass. Like, boom, 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 boom. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, 
there is that even within the music and it, it kind of reflects the crack the characters on screen and that's what i like about it and oh another thing is that the way that yui's voice when she says the word love it kind of cracks a little bit and it goes upwards i'm not sure if you've heard that bit but it's just so beautiful and i'm like wow it's just amazing i i just felt at peace listening mm. to that and it's something i was listening it today i was listening it to it on the bus on the train i was like man it's on repeat ah oh, it's, it's just so beautiful and, and i'll be honest with you i hate anime openings and i hate anime endings there's not been many that i've spoken about in the history of kunai where i'm like you know what i really like the opening there's not many of them and this oh one I enjoyed. this one the anime opening and the endings were mamma mia they were amazing Spicy meatballs. Mamma mia. Spicy meatballs, man. <laughs> a spicy yeah. ending. It's a spicy ending. I found the... Fr- I mean, I, I think the, the... In general, the OP and EDs were pretty nice, right? I wouldn't say any of them were, were bad, right? But for me, it was the first ending and the first... Op- uh, sorry, second opening that stuck out. It's just the... Uh, just the... I can't comment too much on the animation, but in terms of the music, man, for the first ending, it was just... Whenever you'd have like you know a dramatic moment, boom, it cuts. It's like do 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 do, right? With a piano, right? With the high pitched notes, it just sends like a shiver down your spine, right? I don't know. It's just indescribable. I find that the piece they chose for the ending was, it just fit with the the transitions and the, the endings of the episodes themselves, which is really well done. I have to say that I think my favorite was. Uh... I think my favorite song, like, if we're, like, uh, grouping up the, all the openings and endings, I would say uh, ending one, which is called Sweet Sweet and yeah. Sweet Cherry. I like that one. I'd say that was my favorite by far. It's just, the way it starts, I just love it. Like, it's just, like, de- de- it's like, it, it has, like, the, um, how do I describe it? I mean, I. Okay, I'm. I. I'm not. I don't know how to translate this into word, but <laughs> basically, I. I just. I love. I just loved it. It was just so. It's. It's stuck in my mind. It's even now. It's just playing in my mind. It's like. Da, 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 yeah, it's. Da, da, it's memorable, da, right? Like, like, it's just. Yeah. It, it. It's. It just sticks in your head, and like, and you. It's like all you can do is just like listen you to know, it. I don't over want to be over. that guy that. There's always going to be... There, I bet you there's someone that's listening now that's going to think this. Um, it wasn't as good as Toradora. Mic drop. Yeah. But, you know, there's always going to be that one person. And that's another thing that I want to mention, um, you know, uh, when we talk about Gripes and Grumbles and whatnot. A lot of people, when they watch this anime, and this is something that I will tell you from now, don't go into this anime thinking that it's Toradora 2. Because it's not. That's a public service announcement mm. brought to you by Bish. I, I feel like it. I mean, I haven't seen Toradora, but I'd say like to compare, to compare both would kind of do a dis- yeah, disservice I, I think it because does, I but feel but like each, people, each show would yeah. probably excel well, in their own but, but, sort like, of like a spiritual successor to Toradora. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it's you have to judge you know the show on its own based off of its own merits, right? Just because, uh, you know, Golden, sorry. Just because uh, Toradora was a great show, right? I don't know whether it'd be fair to compare it in the exact same way because you know the context are different, the story is different, the characters are different, right? Um, 
so yeah, they're from the same author, right? But you can't, they're not the, they're not quite the same, right? So, I don't know. I haven't seen uh, Toradora, right? So I can't really comment on that, right? But Ooh, that's gonna change maybe soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Wink, wink. <laughs> anyway, um, um, gripes and grumbles. Yeah. I think we've already spoken yeah, about it, but you know, Kevin, what are thoughts let's summarize are? them. Uh, for me, like, okay, so overall, I find Golden Time to be a really solid, but potentially, again, very divisive show, right? Because of, you know, I, I think we've all brought it up at one point or another, right? You, It's like Marmite. You either love Kaga and Boundary's relationship, or you, you kind of hate it, right? Um, because of the way it's presented in the first core, in my opinion, right? So it handles comedy and drama very well, right? And it presents it in a very relatable context with some pretty well-fleshed-out main characters, right? But... Uh, a lot of the relationships between the characters feel very artificial and forced. Right? They're, they're, they just do 180s, right? Make decisions that make no sense, right? Because there's little to no context given as to why they act in certain ways towards each other, right? And I feel you're shoehorned into accepting the, you know, the main Bandri ex Kaga relationship, right? And with no other real possibilities, relationships between the characters, because again, this isn't this isn't a harem anime, right? Unless you ship those two. You're kind of shit out of luck because the other relationships between the secondary characters, right? Uh, they're neglected and they're superficial, quite frankly. They're they're letdowns, right? They're just there because, yeah, they're just there for drama and you know to have relationships other than Bandri and Coco and Bandri and Linda, right? So I I think the main issue is the writing here, right? Uh, they have issues setting up big decisions, right? Um, and when those big decisions do come, a lot of the time it feels like, where did this, this came out of the left field? Where did this come from, right? Why is he choosing to do this, right? Uh, like, you know, with a sudden Bandri ex Kaga relationship, you know, his memories suddenly coming back, right? I felt was kind of artificial, you know, characters suddenly having feelings for each other out of the blue, right? Uh, like, while people do act like this in real life, you know, they don't always have a reason to do something, right? It's frustrating as a viewer to deal with that because you can't understand the characters, right? And that's frustrating for you if you can't relate to them, right? On one hand, the context of them being university and stuff, right? Trying to create a new life and all that, that makes you sympathize with Bandri. But on the other hand, some of the decisions he, he makes, it's just like, yo, your, your actions don't match your, you know, what you've, you've been through, right? It doesn't make sense. Right, but overall, it's still a very great. It's a it's a great show, right? It's just it's divisive is the issue, right? Be because of these flaws in in characters and in writing. I can see it being a very big. I can see it being a very big hitter. Yeah, exactly. That that's a thing, right? I mean, especially for people coming from Toradora, right? If you have very high expectations, you know, you might be disappointed, right? That's a thing. Great show, but it can be frustrating, at especially the first core. If if you're just talking about the second core, right, like, I'd largely have no problems, because that's when they resolve them. But, again, it's, it's the first core, right? You have to just, you know, close your eyes and think of England and get through the first core, unfortunately. Think of England. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming out, lads, coming out. Oh, my. Here we go. We're back to oh FIFA. It's coming home. Um, it's coming home. Um, yeah. Would yeah. you guys want to see a second season? Oh, okay. I have an interesting uh, point on this because. No. Wow, Joe, that was quick. Really? Okay. 
I, I want to change your mind. I, I, I want to I wanna pitch something to you, Joe, and I see if, I if you change your Joe. mind, okay? Uh, oh, sorry. I'll pitch something to, to the both of you then. I don't think it needs a sequel, all right? But what I would love to see is maybe, you know, a prequel where he's still in high school mm. for, like, Linda and stuff, it. right? Because I, I would like that. Um, I, I was thinking as I was watching this show, right? As I was watching the end in particular, I was like, man, it fucking sucks for his friends because they spent so much time with him, right? And now they're they're losing the person that they know. But then I was like, oh, shit, this exact same thing happened a year earlier when he was in high school, right? Linda went through this loss before, right? And it wasn't just for a few days. She had to deal with this for like a year, right? So just they teased us with flashbacks of, you know, uh, Bandri and Linda and their school friends in the one episode and, you know, all that. So there is already a reason to go back, right? I'm interested and I'm not I'm not going to say no to seeing more of Linda's character, right? That's my first idea of a second a quote-unquote second season, if you will, right? I'd like to see that. Well, I can be uh, I can be more flexible with prequels for sure because like it's easy to uh, it's easier to like, go back and just kind of build upon what you've already written rather than like just making completely new yeah, material. Yeah, yeah. The funny thing uh, is, but like, like that said, like I I do like I I would be one hundred percent down if we got like maybe like a prequel like series or like a movie about uh about uh Bonry trying like going like meeting Linda for the first time and then yeah. like building yeah, I'd that be down relationship. For that, right? they that have so much potential there I, of, I'm sorry to to give you a curb stomp I'm sorry to crush your dreams but that would require either JC staff to create a new original story mind you mm-hmm. or or the author just goes and writes yeah a i'm not story. i mean it, it, it for, for second seasons so. here right like we, we've never been we've never quite based it off of reality it's just like would you like one that's right? true that's true but at the same time i don't i i agree with you in terms of the prequel i would like to see that but i i don't know what it would be kevin are you expecting something that would be more dramatic i see something more comedic right because we see yeah in no the re- uh, in the reunion like, episode where they're saying hmm. banri would cry and this and that and they were saying oh yeah. he's a little bitch do you know what i mean yeah i found that hilarious i, I want to see i would expect more of like a wholesome like, show you know like a f- yeah like like an ichiju type thing yeah but, but not in not segmented in as as an ichiju is but i mean like hmm. in terms of just comedic life like a slice of life show like maybe like a k-on type thing do you yeah. see what i mean yeah that's what i'm seeing with with hints of drama yeah that would be cool that my, be my other suggestion f- was okay is like a sequel but like not you know following up on the end of the first season like i want to know like you know five years from now or you know 10 years later right once they're, they're out of university and like where will these characters be in their lives right will these relationships work out you know how will it because they say, you know, oh, yeah, we'll stay together forever and stuff, right? But, you know, life isn't always quite like that, right? And they've established strong relationships, at least, between the main characters. I want to see where, you know, how Banri and Coco have changed, right? Has their dynamic changed at all uh, over the course of the years? You know, how is Linda doing, right? So, like, I want to see how they're going to fare once they're out out of school, right? And they're, you know, thrust into the real world, you know? So... I just want to give a big thank you for tuning in, guys, and listening to this episode. I just want to know, what did you guys think? We want you guys to share your thoughts on this episode, especially Golden Time. If you're a big fan of Golden Time, tell us. 
you know, was our thoughts on Cargo too harsh? Or is if Linda's best girl, tell us if Linda's best girl. Um, we or want if you, you guys, like big titty goth waifu. If you like I'm gonna stop big now. titty <laughs> goth girls, right? Then tell us <laughs> and tag Joe in that because I don't want those tweets. Just saying, guys. Yeah, by the way, how can we? How can they reach you, Fish? How can they reach me? They can reach me on Twitter at Get Alive Podcast. Yeah, my Twitter is at Tolvre. It is at T O L V R A I E. And my Twitter is Kibo Gamer, spelled K I B O U G A M E R. I am hoping I can actually change that name someday. <laughs> you can also share your thoughts via Twitter, or you can leave a um, review and. Speak to us in the reviews. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want us to improve. Um, and you can you know, have a best girl debate in the reviews. So you can do that on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. And you can send us a message directly through our website, www.getlifepodcast.com forward slash contact. And you can give us your you know, suggestions or anything like that. And you can come and chill with us on our Discord server by checking out our website once again that's getlifepodcast.com forward slash discord will take you directly to our discord server yeah uh the only thing i gotta say is uh get ready for the next episode plus ultra so yeah for those of you who don't know that's from my hero academia so i hope you're all ready for a discussion on the first season it's gonna be hype as fuck so get ready for that what what if it's, it ends <laughs> up like ask class Oh dear, no, we don't talk about do? that, I'm sorry. We don't talk about that. That, that, that never happens. I, I'll be honest about? with you. I, I, I don't know what felt, episode you're talking about, dude. We I, I always that. feel, looking at My Hero Academia, because I haven't watched it, right? It, no matter how much the hype there is around it, but it kind of reminds you me of hipster. Ask Class. Just looking at it, it's like, oh man, this looks uh, like Ask Class. No, it's, I mean, Ask it Class, feels, I know, is, is like loved, class. but My Hero Academia is in a league of its own, You think so? Okay. Yeah, I think you'll have some interesting things to say about it. Mm-hmm. All right. All might best girl. I mean, <clears throat> oh, 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 I'm sorry. That I'm, that's not how you say Ochako. <laughs> is that the Anyways, frog? Guys. Is that the frog girl? Can we wait? Wait before we end. Is that the frog girl or no? No, I want to know. No, that that's the uh, that's uh, I forget how to pronounce. It. It's like spelled really weird. It's like Suyu Sui. Sui. Okay, I don't know why, but she yeah. reminds me of. Tyson. Yeah, I mean, like b- she. You'll you'll see. All right. Okay. We'll all see in the next all episode. Right. All right. See you guys. No, see yeah. you. Take Thanks care. Thanks for tuning stay, in. Stay sexy. Just, just, uh, just wait because we can't really continue the, the conversation between you and I because he already started talking. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, yeah, we can continue it. Uh, we can just cut what, that part What are we talking about? Continue. What? That's uh, did you like my complex motives? No, no, that was, that was bonus or complex. That, that's your, that's your quote that's going on the website, by the way. I think Bish just got so excited over characters that he just, like, you know, ran to the bathroom. He exploded, yeah. You know, with tissue in hand, you know, ready to... You guys, where, where are you, Bish? On. We miss you. Guys, come back. Fucking not... He, I'm here. He got, that, he got that fresh pack of... Guys, away. I'm yeah. here. Can you hear me? I'm, I'm, uh, it's... I think the complex boners got him. It, we, we, we've lost him. Complex, his, his boners are complex. We've lost him. I'm sorry, Joe. <laughs> oh, shit! Shit, he can hear us, goddamn. <laughs> oh no. Hashtag complex boners 2018. <laughs>
Um, I can hear you the whole time. <laughs> oh shit! By the way, I'm talking about complex bonus. You guys, that's a, yo. Nasty. We just gave you blooper material there. Like that's our blooper reel. <laughs> Wait, who changes in the Discord? I'm just noticing this now. What is this? Who changed this? Oh, changed oh, what? oh. It was who was that? Was it you or or or, or Kevin? Coco's husbando. Coco's husbando. What is this? Oh my god. <laughs> Who changed this? <laughs> Hell yeah. L love a little bit of anime moms.